The Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and this is the Rudy Giuliani Show, and welcome to joining us, and we're very, very happy to have you with us as uh, the um, impeachment, first impeachment hearing uh, winds down to a close, um, a kind of confusing one, confusing um, in part because the Democrats will make any of it confusing with their complete lies and, and dissembling and whatever. But I think Republicans get a little responsibility here for not having explained what this is actually. And um, one, of the, one of the Democrats, I don't know which one, actually laid out three or four different uh, impeachment hearings and how they were conducted. And there were really two ways to conduct them. The Republicans selected one way, but see if they had, if they really explained this correctly. Maybe they should have asked me to explain it for them. Uh, you could go right into your main witness right away. Put on, put on your top witness right away and, um, you know, take out, take out the, uh, the hard drive and play, uh, the 10 best admissions of Hunter Biden that lay out the case in a way that no other criminal case has ever been laid out with so many admissions and confessions of crime, which you have from Joe and Hunter. I could I could go with like the top 10 and say um, this case could be won by a disc jockey uh, just playing their uh, recordings and their texts because they convict themselves out of their own mouth. Uh, for example, Joe's uh, statement that I, uh, I I give all my money to the family for 30 years and even with that half, my salary has to go to my father or his or his uh, recent statement that his only asset is his father. So the guy has, you know, pulled in. They count about 30 a bill. I count about 50. I think you're going to get to 100. Uh, uh, so the, he told you already what the product is. The product is his father. Well, they don't sell his father as a slave. They sell his father's office. Uh, that pretty good number two record, you know, num number two statement from them. Uh, a number three statement is beautiful. It comes in Joe's own voice. You just play the recording where Joe indicates he knows all about the Chinese transactions. And then you play about 50 times how many times he lied about not knowing about the foreign transaction. And then you call a federal judge or, or Professor Turley and you ask him, uh, if that were admitted at trial, what would a judge tell a jury? And Professor Turley would say, well, a judge would be required to tell a jury that um, if the jury uh, believes uh, the recording of Joe Biden's voice indicating that he knew about the, Calif uh, the, 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 um, the Chinese transactions, and they also believe that it was his voice saying, I never talked to my son or knew about my son's foreign transactions, well, that would constitute a false exculpatory statement or 50 false exculpatory statements, if that's the number that you have. And you can take you can take any one of them or all of them. And that alone can be evidence of his guilty knowledge. That alone can be evidence of his guilty knowledge, which gives you an idea of how powerful a case this is. Uh, you could um, you could put in the. Um, uh, the pictures of uh, Joe uh, with all of the crooked 
clients of Joe Biden. Leave out the ones that aren't crooked, all two. Uh, the ones who are members of organized crime, the ones who have committed murder. Uh, and you can say he has a penchant for spending time with crooked people that are giving his son millions of dollars for what his son admits is the only family product, his father. So you could have started that way and sort of convicted him on day one. Most lawyers don't like that because they want to put it in a context. You also have a historical context you want to put it in, because this is going to be looked at 100 years from now. And what they opted to do is the less dramatic but much more responsible way of laying the groundwork. Meaning uh, they put on witnesses who would not direct factual witnesses, but rather explain to you what an impeachment is all about. So they put on a Professor Charlie who can explain. Professor Charlie really testified more like a judge. And he was fairly balanced. He pointed out that there are areas in which Biden could defend himself. I think he went out of his way to try to be balanced. I thought the testimony was excellent as far as uh, making the law easy to understand. Um, but it introduced a little balance in it that the Democrats then tried to utilize uh, to make it sound like, oh, you want to start a hearing and you're not even sure? And uh, Well, of course, uh, in some ways at the starting of a hearing, you don't have to be sure. I mean, you're starting the investigation, and now you're laying out the steps you're going to take to solidify the evidence or with the possibility that the evidence will go the other way. That's all that that was uh, doing. Uh, and then, so then they made the point, all this time and no factual witness. Well, they, on purpose, they didn't call a factual witness because they wanted to call expert witnesses to explain how an impeachment works and why one is necessary here. And on that basis, it succeeded very well. Whether it confused anyone with the absolutely irresponsible and silly comments of Goldman who Gosh almighty, AOC for the first time, I mean, AOC sounded like a better lawyer than Goldman. She actually laid out a couple of um, uh, a pretty good analysis of what I just said, of where, you know, the factual witnesses weren't, weren't used. But on, on, on a whole, <laughs> the evidence is so overwhelming, it just comes flowing out. I thought it was really interesting, and they really did their homework. One, one of the younger members, forgotten who it is, went all the way back to when Joe was more of a, of a what I call a, a trailer park uh, crook, you know, taking uh, money through his brother James and uh, the, the sort of Avenue um, uh, K sellout money that he was getting for a long time. Everybody knew he was a big crook. Just about announced it when he came into the Senate that he was a crook. Um, and then he got, then, then it became no doubt when the, a uh, long time ago in the 80s, there was a bill uh, to reform bankruptcy. The Democrats had a bill to reform bankruptcy to help bankrupt people, poor people. And I believe every Democrat was in favor of it. And uh, this is when the Republicans were more the party of big business. And uh, it might be very different today, by the way, with Trump. Uh, but in any event, uh, every Democrat was, a, was in favor of this bill to making bankruptcy more tolerant and, and easier for poor people. 
most of the Republicans representing banks were against it. But there was one Democrat who was violently against it, fought it like hell. And uh, it was Joe Biden. And then some enterprising reporter found out that, like, you know, he got the job uh, for, 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 for Hunter with the biggest crook in uh, Ukraine, uh, Zloshevsky. And that doesn't bother them, by the way. You got to go work in Ukraine and you go work for the biggest crook in Ukraine and, and you want, you want to be president. That doesn't tell you like you're, you're a slimy bum. Well, slimy bum Joe had his son working for MBNA Bank and that's why he was against the bankruptcy reforms. And it was so obvious and the Democrats didn't quite protect him then the way they do now. They named him Senator MBNA and just made fun of him for being such a, a measly schnorrel little corrupt guy. Because this wasn't big money. This was like a hundred grand a year to to Hunter, or two hundred grand a year right out of law school, and and then it's uh, all kinds of allegations. He never showed up for work. I, I don't know that people knew at the time he had a major drug problem, which he had from the time he was a young child. Which also makes you question what kind of a terrible father Joe was, because instead of taking him out of a pressured business. He then set him on a life to being a high-level bagman uh, to deal with international criminals, organized criminals, and murderers, which would be the perfect recipe for taking a addictive personality and making him a de degenerate drug addict, which he became. So, Joe, congratulations in ruining your son's life because you did, because you would not go get any of the number of uh, Democrats on K Street that would have done this for you, man, they don't love to do it for you. I mean, you got so many crooks in that party, you, you, you don't have to use your son, Joe. I don't know, let the kid, like some of those mafia people, let the kid go straight. I mean, he'll have a nice head start with all your crooked money. But what? Who's this all about, though, really, huh, Mr. Narcissist? It's about you, you miserable creep, right? So you got to use your son because he's safe. He ain't going to rat you out, huh? One of those other guys every once in a while, somebody like me convince them to testify. And then, boy, they can, they can really bring you down, Joe, like they are going to bring you down. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I think it got off to a good start. Uh, the people who got a little more information about how crooked Joe is, Got a little more information about the impeachment hearing is the Democrats who don't want to believe it got a little support from the usual liars or the the new people who are substituting for the usual liars. We, I mean, Shifty Schiff is uh, uh, mercifully not around for this one. He's been around for every uh, chapter in the book called Framing Trump. Um, but now we have uh, Goldman from uh, New York, who is as big a liar not quite as smart, but as big a liar, and uh, kind of got outshone by AOC today, which got me a little funny in the New York delegation when AOC outshines you, Dan. But uh, so we'll be we'll be we'll be right back, and we'll take a look at uh, the uh, very interesting debate, which I uh, I named the single digit debate last night. I'll explain to you why. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, 
I'm back again, Rudy Giuliani. Seems like the Democrats miss me today at the um, impeachment hearings. Yeah, it's all. Uh, this is all my uh, uh, making, all my doing, all these things I made up about, made up the whole thing about Ukraine, about Biden. Actually, he never even went to Ukraine and never even took money from Zoshevsky and he was only like messing around when he said he extorted the guy and told him to drop the case and yeah i mean they 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 like fun guys the bidens you know they have a lot of fun and just mess around and kid around biggest most corrupt family in the white house and as history is written uh and they give up the protection of him uh by far the most perverted uh Mayor Adams has got to make a big switch on drugs. I, I got to tell you, Mayor, you have encouraged this. Just like you've encouraged the horrible situation we're in with, with uh, migrants and uh, don't seem to know how to work your way out of it because you made us a uber uh, sanctuary city where we go way beyond, you know, Chicago or other places. Uh, you made us the uber pot capital and drug capital. This is the place where you have a, you, you got a guy who, I mean, you got to fire him like now just to make a point. Uh, Dr. Aswin Vassan. You know, Dr. Vassan is... Uh, Dr. Vassan is our health commissioner, which is kind of a joke that he's our health commissioner, since it seems to me he is heavily invested in making people drug addicts. Uh, and if he doesn't know he's doing it, then he's extraordinarily stupid. Uh, I don't know what he is, um, um, a druggie, uh, a dope, uh, an ideologue uh, who lost any uh, sense of a brain, but uh, here are the things that he that that, that he's now doing. For, first of all, he's giving up completely on trying to stop a situation that you should be exceedingly embarrassed of. I mean, records are important, and you set all bad ones. You've now set the record for the most drug overdoses of any mayor in the history of the city of New York. Uh, mayor Adams, that's a bad record. It's one you should be embarrassed of, and it's one that should motivate you to t change it. Instead, your health commissioner, Dr. Aswan, Aswin Vassan, uh, tells people they should be, here's his answer, carry Narcon around with you. So if you are one of these, uh, you do get an overdose, you can take Narcon, which I don't know, what does it have, like a 50% rate of, like 50% of you will live and 50% of you will die, and the ones who, who live will continue to be drug addicts. So you can go through it again. Uh, you also set up the public health vending machines, which give out free syringes, clean needles, and crack pipes. This is just to, like, encourage people. Uh, Vassan, did you ever hear of the concept of enabling drug use? Like responsible psychiatrists, psychologists, and doctors. Or if you are a doctor, I don't know if you are, did you ever take the do-no-harm pledge? Because you do plenty of harm. I mean, you might as well be working for the drug dealers. Maybe you are. I don't know. Uh, enabling drug dealers is, is should be a crime. 
It's sure insane. And if Adams were half a mayor or half an intelligent human being, he'd fire you right now. Immediately. Out. Go take all your stuff and throw you out on the street. We'll be back in a minute. Rudy Giuliani on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back again. Rudy Giuliani back again with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you for joining us. We were we were talking about the city enabling drug use uh, through this um, through this Dr. Aswin Vassan, uh, who I don't know by the time by the time I finish this show, he really if the mayor had any caring for the children of this city including that one-year-old child that died of just inhaling the, 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 the fentanyl that's around. The reason this city is pot city, the reason this city is overwhelmed with drugs is we, we don't just enable it. We market it. We market this as a pot city. The mayor had in his confused head the idea we we're going to make a lot of money from legal pot. Well, he found out that that's the biggest, stupidest, dumbest left-wing piece of crap sold to anybody. And right now, he's losing like uh, 1,500 illegal shops to 10 legal ones. And he's wasting, he's losing so much money on enforcement, he's not making any money on it. Now, Mayor Adams, we all make mistakes. You make more than most. But you, you, you this one, this one, it would show something if you turned around on it. And you said, I made a very big mistake enabling pot use and drug use. Like, let's start off with pot ain't good. It's not good. Is it as bad as heroin, cocaine? Of course not. You know, but um, uh, uh, stabbing somebody in the shoulder is not as bad as stabbing them in the stomach. You know, I mean... There's levels of wrongdoing and levels of problem. But if you start stabbing somebody in a shoulder, you may start stabbing them in a stomach. You start taking pot, you may start taking all the rest of the junk because you're hanging out with the people who get you that stuff. And beyond everything else, it does deteriorate your brain. That is science, not politics. It deteriorates the human brain. Now, if you couldn't figure that out before, even with the lying doctors they get for it, you're stupid. And a city can't afford stupid. We're in too much trouble. Get rid of Ashwin Vassan. Everyone should carry, this is a quote from, everyone should carry now a now zone. Get trained to use it and to recognize the sign of overdose. Now, this is assuming one or two things. We're all taking drugs, and we're going to go into overdose, and we're going to need naloxone, nalozone. Or there's so much around, no matter what, innocent though we are, we're going to smell it and be, and, be, and be victimized by it. What the hell kind of city is that? A city that attacks you? We, literally, this idiot doctor has the concept of a city in which you could be in danger just by walking around the city and breathing in the air. 
<laughs> and we're spending all this money on on phony climate change that could happen, you know, sometime in the year four million six hundred and ninety zillion. I mean, in other words, doctor, I got to worry about the fact if I'm walking around the city, I may take too deep a breath, and I better have my nalazone ready to stuff it up my nose or down my throat or whatever the hell I have to do with it. Adams, grow up. Develop a pair of coyones. Gone with the guy. Out. No excuses for that. That's stupid, crazy, dangerous. He's got people's lives in his hands. Show that you're a serious person. So far you haven't. So far you show you're a very unserious person. And the minute it gets tough, you back away. Hmm. Please, please. For the benefit of our children, show some cuyones this time. Please. Please, please. We still have a chance. Let's go to the calls. We got some really, really good ones. Joe in New Jersey. Uh, how you doing, Mr. Mayor? Thanks for taking my call. So I, I'm very concerned about universal mail-in voting. I spoke you should to be. Dick Morris. You, 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 you a, should be. Yeah, I, I spoke to Dick Morris, and it seems like nothing is being done. Nothing is changing from the 2020 election. How do we expect to have a different result when they mail votes everywhere and out? Why did we not? I mean, shame on us if we weren't yeah. able to correct Good this point. problem. Good point, overdone a little. Uh, that's partially right, partially untrue. Uh, a lot of things are being done as a result of the election. Depends on the state. Some places nothing are being done. So let's take a state like Wisconsin. Even though they elected a, a Democratic uh, court and everybody got all upset, they have a supermajority Republican legislature. They have always had very, very strict laws on absentee ballots. They've always disfavored ab absentee ballots. Wisconsin uh, almost has a hundred year history of believing, and this goes back to Robert La Follette and the progressives, that uh, absentee ballot, mail-in balloting is uh, almost always going to be fraudulent. That the human, human nature is such that if you don't have enough control over it, they're going to start cheating on elections. So they have very, very strict rules. They didn't enforce those rules uh, last time. And in fact, the court made an incorrect decision. Uh, even though clearly the votes were invalid, they, they four to three allowed the election to go through. Then in a very kind of sneaky way, about a, a year later, they wrote a decision that wouldn't overturn the election, but change the rules back to the way they were. So if Republicans have a sufficient number of inspectors, they should be able to assure a valid vote in uh, in the state of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Georgia, which, of course, uh, is, uh, you know, you think about it, uh, Fulton County, a couple of those, those are like, you know, the old boss tweed New York. I mean, these are, these are corrupt from the bottom to the top. Uh, but the reality is the change in the law that they made gives an awful lot of opportunity for correct uh, inspections if the Republican Party organizes itself well. And there you've got, you know, the Kemp uh, uh, Trump division in the party. And don't think of Kemp as benign. Kemp and Rassenberger are not good guys. I mean, 
Rafsenberger had hid an awful lot of material that showed that the election was, let's say from their point of view, questionable. He never investigated it. Uh, five days into the election, he got a report which concluded that it might not be outcome determinative, but you don't know that until you investigate, but that there was a breakdown in chain of custody. There was an awful lot of very, very suspicious activities taking place. Instead of telling anyone or doing anything with it, he put it in his drawer, he hid it, and it got discovered 16 months later on a Freedom of Information Act request with no work having been done on it except him uh, going around bull Essen, that uh, the election was fine and, and also uh, never mentioning it during his meeting with Trump. There's also a woman, Catherine en Engelbrecht, who I have um, put on her video recordings and hope to have as a um, as a guest. But Ka Catherine um, went and warned him directly before he began all of this posturing and lying uh, to Trump that there were something like 360,000 uh, invalid votes on the on the rolls of Georgia, and there was no way of knowing until you got the voter rolls how many had been improperly voted. So he knew that. He knew that variable was out there when Trump said to him, can you find me 11,000 votes? He knew something Trump didn't know. He knew there were 360,000 possible well, you know, there are 360,000 ineligible voters on the rolls. And if 20 or 30,000 were utilized, you might have had a, a change in result. Turns out that after the election, the group True the Vote went back. It's too late to change the election, but for purposes of history, and so we don't do it again. They went back and they found, I don't have the exact number, I'll get it for you tomorrow. Uh, they found about 67,000 votes that had actually been voted of people who did not live either in the state or in the county in which they purported to vote. What I don't know, and we'll try to endeavor to find out, is how many of those were actual real votes? Because more likely than not, the majority of those votes were the registrations that we used to back up the phony ballots that they printed which is the reason that Kemp and Rassenberger would never let us see the ballots. They successfully went through all their three or four recounts without allowing a forensic examination of the paper to determine that 50, 60, 70, 80,000 of the ballots were not printed by the official printer, but were printed after the election in order to, after the delay, fix the vote. It has to have occurred to you, if you like mysteries, that in every one of the elections where Trump was ahead on election night by a, a decent margin to a tremendous margin, 800,000 votes, that every single one of them ended up with Biden. And you would expect just by the law of chance that Trump might have pulled out one or two of those, particularly since some of them were states he had won in the past. But no, 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 Biden pulled them all out to such an extent that one comedian said, well, the vote will end in these states as soon as Biden's ahead. Um, so um, it could be very, it'd be very interesting to see, because in those states, there's going to be a much bigger effort to stay on top of the early voting 
And damn it to get to see that paper. Because that's how I believe it was really done. Machines, fine, fine, fine. This thing was really fixed with paper. Uh, phony ballots put in later, assigned to phony registrations of people that were outside the country, young people, dead people, all kinds of different things. Uh, let's go to Tony in Clifton. Hi, I'm Angeliani. Hi, so I just, I just want to see how you're doing today. I did want to share with you um, something on my mind, but first tell me how you are. I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing fine, my dear. I'm in D.C., okay. uh, which always makes me uh, worry that I'm going to get some kind of serious illness, because I think most of the people around here, particularly the Democrats, suffer from this Trump derangement syndrome, which is uh, contagious and has a serious impact on your rationality. Very contagious. So, you know, what has been on my mind, the topic, just the past week even. I mean, I mean, since the beginning of the Biden administration, but I would say the past few days, the topic of moral authority has been on my mind and the morality of the administration who's ever running it from Joe Biden to whoever, from activity to activity. And I was thinking about that, and I did a deep dive, as I always do, and Joe Biden when he was senator and he interviewed Clarence Thomas for uh, the Supreme Court justice position, he really showed us who he was. And I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I, I, I remember. I remember because it, uh, that and the Bork hearing began to, to give me a different view of Joe. Remember, I was friendly with him and I got to know him and came to a conclusion. Dopey, nice guy. That was my view of Joe. Uh, but profoundly dopey. Not, I, I never thought of Joe as just being a little dumb. I always uh, thought Joe was, like, uh, honestly, one of the dumbest people I knew, but a nice guy and an honest guy, and that those two things have been shattered. He is not an honest guy. He's the, probably the most crooked guy I know, and he's a terrible human being. What, what, he, what he did to his son, a drug addict, Using him that way? Whatever you think of Hunter, and Hunter's own responsibility as an adult for what he did, no father should use an, uh, an addictive personality like that, should abuse him that way. I mean, this, this guy had no chance. You put him, you, you take a guy who gets tossed out of the military because he can't stay free of cocaine for three weeks, not to embarrass his father. And you go put him working with one of the most dangerous criminals in Ukraine? You make him a partner with Whitey Bulger's nephew? You, you let him work with the wife of the mayor of Moscow? Man, what I could tell you about her would make your hair stand on it. I mean, the, uh, the, the, the two Chinese guys that he dealt with, he even tells you himself how dangerous they are. So I want you to just put your, if you are a parent, I want you to put yourself in a, and I don't know if we have any parents who commit crimes with it into the show, but if you, let's say you have a high pressure, legit business, a real high pressure business that, you know, can really wear you down. You got a kid that's delicate. You don't put him in that business. And if you're making the kind of millions that Joe is making, you got lots of options. And believe me, there are so many crooks around, Democratic crooks around Washington that have gladly would have taken up the bag man role. 
I can point some of them out to you on those committees that would do it. You think when this goes down, it's just going to be Joe that was taking bribes? You know, you know the 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 the, the, the quote of the day is from Professor Turley: "Influence is the favorite form of corruption in D.C." Influence Petley is the favorite form of corruption in D.C. And by the way, as Professor Turley pointed out, it's not benign. Influence peddling is bribery. You go to jail for it. I convicted lots of people of influence peddling. We'll be back with the mayor's final words. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. And here is the mayor with his final thoughts. Well, not the final thoughts. Final thoughts for today. That can, you know, the way that was said that time, he says it the same way all the time, but it had that like, uh, like at, like at a funeral. Here are the final remarks. <laughs> no funeral, baby. I've just begun to fight. Wait until you see what happens next week. Mr. Greg Kelly can give you a few hints of it. But in any event, you, you have got to donate to T2T.org. If there's anybody left who hasn't, what the hell's wrong with you? We've got these people who put their lives at risk to protect you and me, either here in America or overseas. In the course of that, this is real. It's not liberal, you know, AOC stupid stupidity. These people get shot. They get killed. They get seriously uh, compromised uh, physically. They're gonna, their family is going to need economic help, like paying for the mortgage. And they, uh, if God willing, they survive, and many more do now because of modern medicine. Uh, they need help uh, with their home so that they can have maximum independence. You know you want to be part of that. It's just a matter of remembering. Just go to T2T.org. T, the number 2T.org. Make an $11 a month uh, commitment. Tell your friends to do it, too. Let's get behind uh, the true heroes, not uh, those Democratic bums we're watching on television, one liar after another, defending the most crooked, perverted family in the White House ever. This is what they will be known for in history. They will be known, Daniel Goldman will be, is that his name, first name, Ted, Daniel? Yeah, Daniel Goldman will be known as... Uh, the poor man's uh, uh, shifty shift, because he comes later and only will have one chapter, hopefully, in his uh, effort to lie and mislead the American people. Uh, this is going to result in uh, more than you know, more than you realize, more than I even know and realize. I'm I'm looking forward to the stuff I don't know. Look, I have I have uh, the hard drive, which is the computer, which is a certain percentage of the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden criminality. But it's just a percentage of it. And I can only give you an educated guess on how much more is there. Like I tell you, I've been through it a number of times and I've tried it a lot of different ways. And I believe that if I went to trial... I would try it as a $50 million RICO case. They would try it as a $30 million RICO case. But there are things that I see in it they don't. And frankly, I understand RICO better than they do. 
no uh, no uh, being a, a, a smart ass about it, but the reality is I did RICO cases, and I was there for the when, when it was written, and I was there when it was first used. And I would use it to take their money back. You don't realize that RICO has massive, powerful uh, seizure, seizure provisions. We took the money away from the mob. We just didn't crush them in terms of humans. Took the money away from the Teamsters and Las Vegas. They're easy. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow. Who knows what else is going to develop in that period of time. And I'm telling you, we got some big surprises. And tomorrow's live, live from Ronkonkoma. 2.30 it starts. God bless you.